Um, and uh, check in with you, see how everyone's doing, and tell you how it's going for me. So I'm going to report on uh, last week's shipments. Uh, it was pretty precarious. As you know, I think last Wednesday when I talked to you, only one, maybe two boxes had been delivered, and I sent a ton of boxes. So I'll, I'll tell you all how that went in a moment here. Um, and uh, get you caught up on what's going on in the fish room here. And I hope to hear about what's going on with all you too. There's an echo. Candy says echo. Is there? Oh, it's better. Okay, cool. Oh, I probably started with it unmuted. Yeah, sorry about that. I had my volume off, so I figured it would be uh, not echoing. But I guess even if my volume's off somehow in the system, it's it's like twilight zoning, huh? <laughs> oh, well. Well, hey, everybody. Glad you're all here. I'm not going to shout everyone out individually uh, just because it's already scrolling and I'll, I'll miss people. <laughs> Except for Tristan, who is waiting on their tax return to buy fish and supplies. Yes, that's what they're for, isn't it? Isn't that what a tax return is for? Unless it's one of those bad years where you miscalculate. It's like, wait, I have to pay taxes? I think last year I actually had to pay taxes and it blew my mind. <laughs> it's like, wait, you're supposed to give me money back. What's going on here? <laughs> um, hey, Matthew Phila, I see your, uh, your comment here because you did the right thing, made it at Dance Fish. It highlighted so I can see it and jump right to it. So that's how we do it here. If you have a question or comment for me, just make it at Dance Fish. I'll see it and I'll jump right to it. If I'm ignoring you, it's not because I'm ignoring you. It's because I'm simply not seeing it. Um, in which case, if uh, if the mods could help me out, if someone's continually posting and it's not highlighting, help me out so I can get to those folks. I know sometimes on a phone it doesn't work out. Matthew Philly, you weren't the only one with shipping trouble last week. I had a DOA come in from another seller. Well, I'm, I guess I'm not glad to hear I wasn't the only one. I, I wish I was. <laughs> it's never good for anyone to have problems, but I know several other sellers and I that commiserate together and talk together and we're like, what is going on? Like another guy, it took a week for the packages to get where they were going. Last week was just weird. The best theory I've come up with was uh, someone that worked at UPS and said that even though it's clear in most of the nation, there were a few airports that were delaying flights because of weather. And when that happens, it can back the whole system up. So that's that's my best guess. But I really don't know. The ladies at the post office really don't know either. Skipper's Aquarium. Hey, bud, what fish will eat the brown algae? So the brown stuff, the diatom algae, almost any algae eater will do that. Uh, Autosynclus will do it. Bushy nose will do it. Uh, heck, even like swordtails and platys will, will get it as well. It's a real soft, easy to eat algae. Hillstream loaches will probably get it. Siamese algae eaters, anything that kind of rasps a little bit. Snails will help. So you have a wide uh, range of algae eaters for that stuff. Pretty much anything that will rasp or scrape will will do that. Yeah. Uh, Koi Dragon Aquatics, the Fundalopanchax Gardener I pair are about a week since they shipped from you and they're doing great. Thank you. Well, I'm glad to hear it. I hope that they give you lots of eggs and I'm, I'm sure they're already breeding for you. Those guys breed super prolifically. So you've probably got eggs in there, even if you don't see it. Um, but I hope you do catch them spawning because it's really cool 
when the male flares up and displays and shimmies and, and does his, uh, his whole look at me dance, the I'm worthy dance <laughs> that he does for her. So I'm glad to hear they're doing well. That's, that's great news. So let me recap on last week's uh, shipping and kind of tell you guys what happened. So the last package finally got where it was going yesterday. That means it was in the mail for eight days, right? I sent it Monday, it got there Tuesday. And uh, that's a long time in the winter to be in the mail if you're a fish and it's cold and all that. Luckily, I'm happy to report that of all the fish in that box, there was only one loss. Um, one of the half beak, platinum half beaks didn't make it. The other ones did. And all the other fish in that shipment made it. So much better than than I thought it was going to be after being in the mail for eight days. And um, I'm in contact with that seller. Basically, if they're in the mail that long, um, I'll be contacting that seller again in a couple of days and just saying, hey, are they still doing all right? Because I don't want him to be in a bind if they got so weak from that process that they're going to pass away on him in no fault of his own. So there's kind of some follow-up to do in a case like that. But it seems like... Um, from what I've heard so far, that, that there was just the one loss. Again, one loss is never good, but it's much better than the whole box, which was a definite possibility. So there were a few losses, but all in all, it wasn't, I mean, it's bad anytime you have losses, but all in all, there were very few. I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, nothing like, uh, like the week before with that uh, polar vortex that even though stuff wasn't as delayed in that week, it's just, it was so severely cold. So, so it's, it's going, um, this week, I'm hoping not to have any problems. There's still two boxes that should have arrived already that haven't, but all the rest of the packages have already arrived. So the delays seem to be over, which is great because next week I'm sending out some super rare wild rainbow fish. I'm sending out, um, at least I plan to, you know, depending on weather. Uh, those are going to Washington. So Washington right now, <laughs> we'll see how quickly Washington recovers from what it's going through right now. Might need to hold off another week. But I've got some awesome stuff going out next week. So it's nice that things are kind of clearing out. And my hope is that in another couple of weeks, the weather will have turned enough that I'll be able to uh, offer priority as well as express to kind of help people with cost. Koi Dragon Aquatics, yes, they're acting that way for sure. Awesome. Yeah. Those little fun little Panchex Gardener, man. They're just gorgeous, hearty, amazing little fish. Richard Crackle, how are the Santa Maria Endlers coming along? Pretty good. They're doing really well. I have basically where we're at is I have a whole bunch of little babies that are starting to sex out. And what I'm waiting on is to see from that batch, how many of them come out as the kind of good Santa Maria I'm looking for versus how many come out muddy or looking like a different phenotype and stuff like that. And based on that percentage, I'll know if the line is established enough that, that true enough that uh, that it's okay to go ahead and send them out. But so far, really good. In fact, I just split one tank into two. So now I have a couple breeding colonies. So I have 
three tanks dedicated to those right now, a 75 gallon to grow out just all these tons of fry, um, a 20 long, and that's for the current uh, brood stock, if you will, and then another 20 long for the newborn fry to kind of get a head start in. So, but they're doing pretty darn good. Yeah, I think that we're, it's either this batch that's sexing out now or the next batch, I think, is when we're going to be able to start uh, distributing them. And I don't know, that's going to make it a year and four months working with that fish, a year and a half maybe. So it, it's taken a while to get there, but but we're finally getting there. Yeah. Um, so again, everyone that ordered fish and had a delay or whatever. Thank you for your patience. Um, sorry that that happened. That was a weird week last week. Like I have never seen anything like that ever. So I don't know what to say except for, uh, sorry about that. And thanks for your patience. Um, Lumpy Dog's message was retracted. See, I'm always curious when that happens. I'm like, uh Oh, what was, what was the Lumpy Dog doing? <laughs> Uh, G. Cunningham, the state of Washington is still an infrastructure mess. I've got some fish in the mail that are delayed. Yeah, I might um, I might hold off. I'll, I'll communicate with the person I'm sending them to, and I might hold off an extra week just because I don't know how long it's going to take that state to recover. Like in Wyoming, if we got that storm, it'd be like, whatever, that's a Tuesday, but in a state where they're just not used to it and don't have all the equipment for it and all that stuff. Yeah. That can even a little bit of snow can be devastating. In fact, I remember when I lived in Los Angeles, if it rained, people got freaked out. (laughs) Like, (laughs) so it really is a question of where you live and how prepared you are for it and everything. And, uh, but that always, I don't know if it cracked me up, but, it always astounded me that just a little rain could uh, make things so difficult on people. <laughs> Is that? So um, I'm placing my order for next week. I'm hoping to get some really cool stuff in. But this week I got uh, some spotted headstanders in, which are super cool. They're a great little kerosene. They're a good, really kind of peaceful fish for a community tank or for a dither type fish, they do kind of hang out towards the bottom and they put their head down and kind of pick at stuff off the substrate. That's, that's their whole thing. Um, and the spotted ones, they don't get super big. They're one of the smaller species. So, uh, I was glad to get those in. They're just a really cool, interesting little fish, just something different. I got some wild angel fish in. These are from Peru and they're true wild scolari. So, um, I got them because there's so many messed up angelfish in our hobby that introducing new blood every now and then is is good to do to get the fins back to normal and get the body shape back to what it should be. Because sometimes with all the breeding that goes on to establish a new strain of angelfish, things can get a little funky. So just like guppies or bettas or anything else. So got those in, but they're also just awesome in their own right. I mean, just a school of nice wild angelfish is, is really cool too. I got some Melanotania sungur, that rainbow fish. I think I'm saying that right. Sungur, something like that. Uh, two Gs. Let me show them to you. 
because uh, I'm probably saying it wrong, but pretty cool fish. So here they are. They're these guys. Um, and they seem like a really cool fish. So I don't know, Pinterest. So there's one right there. So these are not super young. They're about two inches right now. So they haven't colored up completely or anything, but I'm interested to see them, you know, as they do, which is going to take six months, but that's, that's rainbow fish for you. That's just how it is. So I got some of them and uh, finally got some Stiphodon gobies. So I believe these are the Ornatus, the kind of the gold colored Stiphodon goby. They're one of my favorites, just a peaceful, amazing little goby. Um, and so those are the four I got. I ordered 12 species. I only got four that actually arrived. That happens with some frequency in this industry when you're importing stuff or transshipping stuff or even just from wholesalers. You never know exactly what you're going to get. But that's, uh, that's kind of what we got going on. Fish Tropic, hit that thumbs up for Dan and yourself for showing up. Yes. Thanks, Fish Tropic. My eye was drawn to that for all the emojis. <laughs> it's a lot of emojis. 55 watching. Not bad for this. Um, remember, for those that might be new or have forgotten, if you have a question or comment for me, just uh, make it at Dan's Fish. It'll highlight and then I'll be able to uh, to see it and jump right to it. So if I'm ignoring you, it's just because I haven't seen your question or comment yet. G Cunningham says, as soon as things straighten out, I'm planning to order from you again. Well, cool. I would, I would appreciate your order. In fact, right now, so maybe once a year I do a massive sale where I put pretty much everything on sale. Um, and I did that a few weeks ago. Um, right now I'm running a sale that's a little more specific. It's just killifish, but all killifish for the next week or maybe till the end of February are half off. So 50% off all the killifish on the site, which is a pretty smoking deal because the prices are already really reasonable. Um, since I imported those myself, I was able to cut out a couple middlemen. And uh, so the price is already pretty good. But uh, now it's 50% off. So I don't do that really often, but every now and then yeah, I, I do that just to move stuff, as, as, especially in the winter, because I know that the shipping is high in the winter. And so every now and then I like to run some kind of sale just so you guys can still order fish and it helps kind of offset the shipping. So 50% off all killifish at dancefish.com uh, until for one week or maybe till the end of February. I haven't quite decided yet. Lumpy dog. So what species are you planning on getting back to breeding in the fish room? Yeah, there's a few. Um, I'm still feeling it out, Jeff, honestly. I'm still kind of feeling out with the demand, how many tanks I can hold free. So the endlers, of course, just cause I've already spent, you know, so long on that line that I'm not going to give that up. And then what the plan is, honestly, what I would like to do, and it's a question of time, but what I would like to do is set up, I have an empty space, uh, basically an empty rack that I've never put anything on. What I'd like to do is set up some aquariums on there, set them up as spawning tanks, and then make videos of spawning the various fish that I bring in. So um, the first one I'm planning on doing is probably Aphiosimian caliurum, uh, which is one of the killifish. So, and I, I have some ember tetras that I think would spawn well. I have some odessa barbs, things like that. So 
that's kind of what I'd like to do is, is set up some tanks, uh, condition some of the fish that I bring in, set them up to breed and make videos of how to breed. So then if anyone likes breeding and purchases the fish, then they have a video showing them, you know, how to do it. So that, that Jeff right now is something that I'm thinking of doing. And yeah, I've cut way down. I used to breed lots and lots of fish, but there's so much demand that it takes a lot more time and a lot more tank space to raise the fish. So then it does just to, you know, buy them, get them healthy and then redistribute them. So that's kind of what I'm focusing on right now to, to keep up with demand and to be able to move enough fish that I can, you know, pay the rent. So, um, um, but so I think it'll rotate. I think it'll do a species, make a video, raise them up, then, you know, and do another species and have maybe four tanks or so going all the time for that. So that's kind of the plan, Lumpy Dog, at the moment. Skipper's Aquariums, get me a water cow goby, please. Well, I could. Um, I just don't know what I would do with it until I got it to you. I mean, that's a big fish and I have soft water, which I don't think they're going to really like. That's part of the equation. But it would, I would have to give an entire tank to that one fish to get that to you. So <laughs> I don't know about that, Skippers. But if I see one, um, then I'll let you know. I'm sure they're out there. Uh, water cows are pretty common. They're, they're not a hard one to find. Tilapia store. Hey, good to see you. Good to see you. I'm glad you're here. It's been a little while, as far as I can remember, unless you've been around and I just haven't noticed, which in which case I apologize. But good to see you again. Tilapia Store is one of the originals on this channel, um, as far as viewing live streams and participating stuff. So it's great to see you back. Ma oh, I thought it was Mad Max. It's Max Max. Did you get the Santa Maria's? I popped in just as you were finished talking about them. Um, so I've had Santa Maria's for a little over a year now. And here's the, the issue is I have not been able to find a line that breeds true. And so I suspect that what they're doing is sending the Santa Maria's with a, a different kind of female so that they don't breed true or just selling the males. I could never find males and females that bred well together. I mean, produce a good quantity of Santa Maria's. So what I did is I got some Santa Maria males. I crossed them with a, a tequila sunrise guppy. And then I've spent the last year and four months-ish uh, crossing back to the Santa Maria's and rotating. I have kind of four distinct genetic groups that I'm rotating through. And so I've been working hard to get a clean strain that I can distribute so that people can actually breed them and get what they want. Instead of what's happening nowadays is you get some and you can only find males. Or if you can't find females, maybe they'll breed true for you. Maybe they won't. So that's that's kind of what that project has been, Max Max. Candy Overhauls at G. Cunningham. Um, at Dan's Fish Him. So he sees your question on holding them. All right, let me see. G. Cunningham. Killy Fish, you're talking my language. If I order this week, will you hold for a week or so? Yeah, um, I don't generally hold fish for a long time but I'm always happy to hold them for like a week. Sometimes it takes two weeks until weather clears somewhere. In fact, there's a, where's this person from? Let me grab this order. I, I'm not gonna tell you her name, but there's a customer who lives in North Dakota 
who has been waiting for her fish for three weeks. And every week I look at the weather in her neck of the woods and I'm like, oh, let's hold off one more week. So yes, if it's if weather is the problem, I'm happy to hold them and then ship them when I'm comfortable uh, doing that. Um, if it's like, I don't have a tank yet, I'm still getting, you know, all that kind of stuff, then I, I generally won't. Every now and then for a good customer that is like, I really want that fish, um, like the micro dragon gobies. So I had some Taiwan micro dragon gobies. Good luck finding them anywhere. I was able to get some, I had four. Um, and I listed them yesterday and a customer today was, who's a really good customer said, Hey, I, I want those. Um, will you hold them for me? And so uh, I did, but it's only going to be like a week or two. It's a weather thing. So yes, I'm happy to do that for weather stuff. So absolutely. If, if it's, if Washington's messed up because of the snowstorm, I'll absolutely wait. And, and I do this frequently for people. If someone contacts me and says, here's the weather, and in my neck of the woods, when the weather's like this, packages are delayed and there's always a problem, then I'm like, okay, good, let's let's hold off a bit until the storm passes or whatever. So not a problem, uh, G. Cunningham. Kayla's Aquatics, I got a real surprise just now. Cool, hopefully it's a good surprise. I'm feeding frozen foods in this room while listening and watching in the rainbow tanks with the Parkinsoni, Wapoga, and Goldie-Eyed Dekai, I have a knee... <laughs> I have the neon platy. I just saw fry from them darting out the floating plants for the spirulina. What are the odds? Stoked. Cool. They survived like an onslaught of, of rainbow fish. That's pretty, that's pretty good. You must have a good clump of, of plants in there. But yeah, that's great. I really like that platy. For those that haven't seen it, this is what we're talking about. Um, let me bring it up here. This is my favorite platy of all time. Oh, hang on. Here we go. Um, okay, let me show this to you. There's some really cool live bears on Get Gills right now. There's a lot of endlers and stuff being posted. Um, but here they are. They're, I'm a really bad photographer, so this picture probably doesn't show them exactly. But you can get an idea of just how absolutely shiny and iridescent they are with that black contrasting with that bright yellow. I just like that fish. So that's the fish we're talking about. I sent some of those uh, to Bob a while ago and looks like he's got babies. At least Bob, I think that's the one we're talking about. I know you have lots of platies, so that, that's what I think Bob's saying. So that's cool. Um, yeah, his babies, they're that bright, bright yellow. I like that fish a lot. Mr. B's fishing things. Hey, at Dan's Fish, are the sponge filters in the tank behind you there to be seeded for future use? No, they're there to help me with a little bit of ammonia. So I had a plant die off, so I had to whack all these plants back. And just because the plant of the plant die off, there's not as many plants sucking up nutrients. I didn't want an ammonia spike, so I, I put some sponge filters in there to prevent any problems with that. So these are cycled in other tanks. I always have some extra in other tanks. I usually don't put extras in the display tank just because it's supposed to be a, a display tank, but. When stuff funky goes on like that, I want to prevent any problems with ammonia. So that's why they're in there. Um, and they'll probably be in there for another week or two until those plants start growing again. Um, in which case, 
I will uh, remove them and the plants will start taking care of it. So if you're going to do a big, massive change in your aquarium, in my case, it was hacking off a bunch of plants. Um, that upsets the balance. And so I don't want that balance to create problems in that tank. So I'm just kind of being cautious, I suppose. Um, yeah. Hobbit habits slash Bribri. <laughs> Do you think I could keep a small group of six juvenile Mete Coris in a 10 until my 55 is cycled? Yeah, sure. You can keep six quarries in a 10-gallon. Absolutely. There's lots of breeders that keep a lot more than that in a 10-gallon. Um, now, the caveat is well-established, mature tank that's not going to go through an ammonia cycle or a nitrite peak or something like that. Um, not a cycle. In ammonia, you're not going to get a spike of ammonia or nitrites or something. So if it's a really well-established tank and it doesn't have a ton of other fish in it and stuff, then absolutely, I think you could keep six quarries in a 10-gallon. I don't think that's a problem at all. That being said, if it's like a new 10-gallon or it hasn't been well-established or anything like that, then you, anytime you're in a situation where the parameters can fluctuate suddenly because the tank isn't settled, then that can be a problem in any size tank, but it's exacerbated in smaller tanks like a 10-gallon. But yeah, I would keep if I only had six quarries, I wouldn't have any problem keeping them in a 10 gallon. And I don't think most people would. Bathy Phila would love to see spawning videos for Apocalypti Spalachin and Procatopus Arabins. Yeah, I've got to get, I've got to get those made. Like, I mean, they're spawning. I'll, I'll put in mops every now and then, and uh, then take them out just for the joy of seeing the eggs. <laughs> and it also tells me how, a little bit how they're doing, but uh, yeah. And I did raise up some Spalachin. I haven't raised, I don't think I've raised any of Barons yet of the Procatopus, but I, the Spalachin I definitely hatched out and raised up a group. Um, the Procatopus I know are spawning because there's fry in the tank with them that are growing up um, because, you know, half the top is choked with water sprite. So they're just growing up in there with them. But yeah, I need to, I need to get some videos made. It's just been a time thing, honestly. It's just... Uh, keeping up with everything and then finding the time because a spawning video is like a long commitment. It's several weeks to here's how you set them up. Okay. Now they spawn. Now here's the fry. Here's the fry growing out. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a, it takes some planning and some commitment. And I've just been so busy that that's been hard to do. Um, what I've been working on this week is the quarantine video with all the fish I got in this week. I, I'm making a video on how I prep the quarantine tanks on, how I land the fish, um, how I medicate. And today I did a follow-up. So every day I'm doing a follow-up. Uh, so today was ammonia testing to make sure that in a non-bioactive tank, like my quarantine tanks, that the ammonia isn't spiking. And I did find some ammonia in one of the tanks and had to move them. And that, that happens with some frequency in a bare quarantine tank and um, redosing the meds. And so I'm kind of taking you through that process. And that's, that's kind of my main commitment right now. But yeah, I, I do plan on doing more breeding videos. I've got several on my channel, but it's just been a little while since I've, I've done one. But thanks for the suggestion um, on those fish. Apoclicthes, Spalachin, and Procatopus Sabarans. Two cool lamp eyes. 
Yes, they were your favorite platies, says Kaler's Aquatics. I thought so. When you said neon, I was like, it's got to be those. Richard Crackle, hyphen sunset, very oddest platies for the win. Yeah, yeah, they're good. I like a nice hyphen platy. I just really love these neon calico, yellow calico neon platies. I, I'd have to look up the name. There's like four parts to it, but I just like them because from across the room, they, they like, they don't glow quite like a neon tetra or something, but they flash. They're just so bright, <laughs> but yeah, those hyphen variatus are pretty good too. I agree. Small fry aquarium fish. Hola y'alls. Hey, <laughs> welcome here, Craig. Glad you made it. Craig, how's your shipping been? Um, I don't know if you've done any more this week, but, uh, I finally, this week, it appears that things are almost on track. There's only two boxes that haven't quite made it and they were scheduled to arrive today and it looks like they'll arrive tomorrow. So that's pretty darn good. That's not bad at all. Um, for those that don't small, don't follow small fry aquariums, fish, um, he's got a video of some of his, uh, plecos, doing some spawning behavior, which is pretty cool. That might be worth checking out. James Glenn made it at dance fish, but it didn't highlight, but I see it anyway. So I'll answer it. Are the, uh, okay. The Madagascar, but Otia, and this is Marojage. That's what I'm not real familiar with the spotted version. Okay. The Madagascar rainbow fish ever available. I've never seen them available. I know that, that that genus has several different species in it. All the fish that I'm aware of, um, that are available, aren't coming from Madagascar. They're coming from farms. And I don't think they're coming from stock that has been imported recently. So back in the day, they got the fish, they started breeding them. And that's the only one I ever find available. It, we're not even sure, honestly, if those are pure strains either, because it could be that there were a few different species in those original breeding groups. And, and uh, yeah, we're not exactly sure, I don't think, what we have in the hobby. But no, I, I never see any Madagascar rainbows except for the one that we always see. That's the only one I've ever seen, the only one I've ever seen listed. I'm not sure that any fish are really coming from the wild in Madagascar and haven't for a while because of their CITES rating. I could be wrong about that. Madagascar fish aren't something that I'm like deep into, but as far as the Madagascar rainbow fish, um, I've never seen any except for the, the common, excuse me, the common one we always see. Jamie McDonald. Candy, I keep hitting the like button. It keeps changing color. Blue, white, blue, white. <laughs> <laughs> like, unlike, like, unlike <laughs> candy. I imagine candy saying this in a really like dry voice. Well, let's keep it blue, Jamie. <laughs> Lumpy dog says, Jamie, that's on. Try the super chat button. Oh, that's funny. Uh, small fry. Aquarium fish says awesome. The tie dye shirt. Thanks. It's an oldie, but goodie. I like this shirt a lot. Dalton Young. Hey, welcome back. Glad you're here again. 72 watching. Not bad. Just getting here. But just so you know, there are two types of people without facial hair, women and children. <laughs> Any luck reaching out to the wholesaler with the cauliflower sword tail males? Um, no luck yet 
Well, I've reached out, but I haven't heard back. So last week they weren't available at all, males or females. This week they're available. So um, that list came out today. So I sent an email to the supplier today and said, hey, if I order these again, can you guarantee me like 50% males? Because last time I didn't get any emails. So I'm waiting for the reply. I'm not hopeful though, honestly. That company, hey, Jamie, thanks for the Super Chat. Oh, look, the Super Jack button works. <laughs> All right. We squeezed 199 out of Jamie. Good work, mods. Good work. <laughs> thanks, Jamie. I appreciate it. So um, back to Dalton's question. I'm not really hopeful. The... Um, it's really hard to even get that suggestion straight to the supplier. I have to go through someone. There's like language barriers and stuff. And so um, I've asked. So it's out there and we'll just see what happens. But I wouldn't keep my fingers crossed. I'm tempted, even if he's like, there's no way I can guarantee anything, to... Um, Oh, I don't know. I'm tempted to order another batch just for the males. But I'm really hesitant because if I do that and all I get is females or again, or I have to order them in groups of 30 as a minimum or three of them are males, then it's like, oh, great. Now I'm, now I'm kind of just dug my ditch deeper that I'm stuck in. Right. So I'm not quite sure, Dalton, uh, what I'm going to do about that. So. Yeah. That's the predicament. I could, if I get a, if they, if they get back to me and are like, yeah, we'll send you a bunch of mails, then I'll do it for sure. If they don't, I don't know, maybe it's coin flipping time to make that decision because I want to do both. <laughs> Chef Hannibal. Hey, good to see you. Just found fry from the red eye cauliflower I got from you. Awesome. Hold on to those. That is, they're so hard to get. And okay. So that's one fish where it's so hard to find them. I mean, that's why they're so expensive. They're 45 bucks a piece for a swordtail. That's ridiculous, right? It's just because they're so expensive and it's because they're so hard to find. So that's amazing that you got the babies. Please take good care of them. Please raise them up. And then let's get these distributed in the United States um, among hobbyists so we can breed them and get them and and yeah, it'd be nice to get the price down, but even if we never do that, so that they're at least still there, right? They're so hard to get. Bob Kaler, stop squeezing me, Candy. I was going to super chat anyway. <laughs> Thanks, Bob, for the 20 bucks. I really appreciate it. Um, always appreciate you, Bob, everything you do for me and for the community. Thanks again. Um, but Chef, that is amazing. So Man, I hope you can raise them up. I hope that you can uh, spawn them and distribute them and get a good colony going. I was so tempted to hold on to a group of those to breed just because they're so hard to get. Uh, it's just a space thing. I only have so much space. And I'm kind of relying on this more and more as like my livelihood. And so dedicating you know, three to five tanks for another project besides the Endlers is like, it's a, it's a tall order right now. They'd be pretty worth it though. But, but anyway, since I'm not doing it, I'm so glad you are. That is, that is amazing. 
Oh, I hope they do well for you. I really do. Um, Lolo O, hey, welcome. Look, you're not just in the last five minutes this time. Awesome. What do you think about panda loaches? I think they're amazing. I've ordered two kinds of panda loaches for, they'll, they'll hopefully come in on Monday. And we'll see. Um, hopefully they come in. There's three available. They're kind of pricey. So I I like was going to order all three. And then I was like, ooh, oh, that's a lot. So I took one of them off. But the kind I ordered is I ordered the normal panda loach that we all know. And I also also ordered the gold line panda loach. The one that I didn't order is the gold spotted panda loach. So basically what I'm going to do is if they come in next week, then um, then I might order the, the other one the following week. But they really are pricey. They're like, they're super pricey fish. Um, the panda loach as you know, is a pretty expensive fish. These other two are even more expensive. They're a variation of that one. So um, yeah, I'm hoping to have a couple species of panda loach in on Monday, but we'll see. I've ordered them in the past. They're it, like, like the Geophagus wine miller I, I finally got. I had to order those for, I think, four months before they finally showed up. Uh, maybe it's the same with these. You know, you, you never quite know. It really is a crapshoot. Small fry aquariums. Woo! Thanks, Craig. So small fry, super chatting me, 1999. It looks like twice. Hopefully that was on purpose, Craig. <laughs> Thank you for the super chats. This is amazing. This is going to make my wife so happy. For everyone about super chats on this channel, it's always appreciated. It's never, ever required, but uh, every bit helps. So thank you so much, Craig. I appreciate that. Um, Oh, and another one that it looks like I'm missing. Reels Tanks, $2. Candy said she would stop making vi video if I didn't. <laughs> well, I don't think Candy has to stop making video because she hasn't started making videos. So, <laughs> and Candy, sorry I missed you on Monday. Um, I, I really wanted to hang out, but. So, so here's what happened. I had planned to see Candy on Monday, um, bring her some fish and stuff. But so forever, my shipment has arrived at the Billings Airport at like 5.30 p.m. on a Monday. That's just when it comes. So this this week, I expected the same thing. And then I got a notice like a couple hours before it was going to arrive that says, never mind, it's coming at 1.05 today. Well, it was scheduled at 1.20, but the plane was early, so 1.05. Well, it's like it's like noon when I get that message, and I'm like bagging fish up to ship because generally I, I ship the fish out, and then I go pick up the new, the new uh, shipment. And um, <laughs> so, I, so I was like, honey, help. So my wife came and helped out, and we got it all done, and then I rushed up there as quick as I could. By the time I got there... Um, it was a couple hours after, but, uh, I didn't get there till a little after two o'clock. I don't think two 30 maybe. So that was a surprise. So because of that, I didn't have time to bag up Candy's fish and bring them to her. And the roads were really bad. There a lot of ice on the roads. And so I was like, look, I'm sorry. I'm going to head home before it gets dark. Cause driving on that ice in the dark is no fun. And on a good day, it's a two hour drive to Billings, um, or back. And on a bad day with ice in the dark, 
I've had it be a five hour drive before and I just didn't want to do that. So real sorry I missed you. But uh, hopefully this Monday we can make something work. I can bring you some stuff. Um, so Lolo, Panda Loaches, love them. Hoping to have some in on Monday. Bathyphila, since you got, since you're getting some fry from the Pia Barons, the Procatapisa Barons, appearing with the adults, do you think a mixed group of them and Ace Balachin in a heavily planted take would produce some fry? Yeah, if it's heavily planted enough. Now, why, uh, the lamp eyes, both the Spalachin, and there's some babies growing up with the Spalachins as well, both the Spalachin and the Procatapus. In fact, almost all the lamp eyes that I've ever kept were kind of like rainbow fish when it comes to eating their fry. So, and, and they behave the same. The fry look very similar to rainbow fish fry. They're bigger though, thank goodness. They're usually, unless it's a micro species, they're usually big enough to take baby brine shrimp right away, which makes them so much easier to raise than, a, than rainbow fish. And they grow so much faster. But just like a rainbow fish, the moment they hatch, they head to the surface and they hang up right at the surface. This isn't true of most killifish, but this is true of lamp eyes. And so because they're right up there, where the parents are hanging out, they just get eaten. So rainbow fish are very good at eating their fry and the fry aren't very good at getting away. Same with the lamp eyes. So what happens is if you have enough plants in there, then eventually it takes some time, but eventually enough babies will survive that you get a little colony of babies in there. And those babies get savvy to what's going on. Every time the adults go for them, they run away. And so eventually the adults kind of stop pursuing them because they try and try and try and they can never get them. So once that happens, then it kind of explodes. Then a whole bunch of fry appear because the parents have kind of given up on eating them and it'll explode. You'll get a whole bunch of fry and then it'll stop because those fry, once they reach a certain size, will eat all the new fry. So that's kind of how it works both with lamp eyes and with rainbow fish. And it takes quite a bit of plant cover to get that little colony going. So I would say, yes, you could do that, but you would need, I don't know, a half to two thirds of the top of the tank to be just full of plant cover. Like water sprites, my favorite, that's my go-to, but uh, could be any species that the fry can really get in and hide in. Ricky is probably too compact, but, but any other floating plant would work like hornwort or whatever. So guppy grass. So that's kind of my experience with them. So it can happen. It takes a while to get there and then you get an explosion and then you're kind of done because again, those fry that make it start eating the new fry. So uh, that's my, those are my thoughts on that, Bathyphila. Hey, Dank made it. All right. That's awesome. And then my chat skipped. So there we are. Yep. I'm here. No new critters, but have geckos on hold until shipping weather gets better. Cool. That's awesome. And Dank, um, eventually here we're going to expand into, you know, getting a site like Get Gills for Reptiles. I know that that's kind of one of your main interests is reptiles. We're, uh, we're still working on Get Gills, though, and kind of perfecting it. And then once it's kind of perfected, we'll, we'll clone it out and do something for reptiles, too. Um, so coming eventually. Uh, 
For those that don't know, by the way, uh, Get Gills, great place to sell fish. If you have stuff to sell, check it out. Or if you want to browse fish from other hobbyists, they're listed there. So check them out. 65 watching. Man, it's going down. wonder what I did. wonder what I did. Um, small Fry Aquariums. Didn't ship last week due to heat packs failing to show up. Oh, wanted to ship Saturday, but Monday is federal holiday. Oh, okay. So pushing to Tuesday, taking a vacation day for Thursday, Friday delivery. Yeah, I'll be shipping out Tuesday next week too because of uh, Washington, right? Is it? What? Is, which holiday is it? I knew. <laughs> oh man, now I feel... <laughs> Now I feel kind of like an idiot. <laughs> Forget which holiday it is. Dalton Young, you're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> Sandlot. Well, if you do decide to order, I'm ready to pull the trigger on a group with the mail. I appreciate you. All right. Well, um, yeah, I, oh, oh, I've got to make that decision. But thanks for chiming in. I, I know you want them. Lots of people want them. And it was really weird when I opened up that bag couple weeks ago and was like, oh, these are beautiful, but they're all female. Lumpy Dog, 90 gallon, highly planted, long fin white cloud community tank. Yes or no? I've got great long fin white cloud stock. Not sure I should dedicate 90 gallons to them. Um, so I, I mean, yeah, they're, they're amazing. And I know you're breeding them. I've seen your videos um, with them spawning for you. Um, I've had them in a 90 gallon. Uh, they were in there with, uh, neon drape fin barbs and what else did I have in there? Uh, rainbow shiners and something else that I'm forgetting right now, but I really liked them just because they complemented the tank so well, how active they are and how they, they kind of, when they turn a certain way and get that, that flare off them, that reflection off them, they're so beautiful. So I say, go for it, man. A big school. Um, although, you know, try it. And then if it's, if you're like, oh, I don't know, we need something else in here. Something white clouds really do well is just complement other fish. They're so peaceful and they're so highly active that maybe there's some fish that are a little more boring on their own. Right. But you put them in that tank with the white clouds and now it's like, oh, it's okay that they're boring. Cause I watch them for a little while and then I watch the white clouds for a little while and I don't get bored. So that's kind of how I use the white clouds, but they're amazing fish. I don't, I don't see how you can go wrong, whether you're keeping them a few in a small tank or like a bajillion in a massive tank. They're just, they're cool. So uh, if I had the space and I had a bunch of them, I'd probably do it. I just like them. Small fry aquarium fish. Double super chat was intentional. Okay, good. <laughs> well, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. <laughs> That's awesome. Crown tail half moon. I know your secret. It's for Valentine's tomorrow. Your dashing looks. Well, if you're talking to me, bald power, man, I'm telling you, the ladies cannot resist. I mean, right? It's this reflective head. Yeah, it's gorgeous. <laughs> oh, the fish tank barn. Hey, good to see you. Been following your stuff, uh, following your progress. It's coming along good. Uh, thanks for the super chat. Five bucks for the tip jar. Really appreciate it. Always appreciated. Never required. Um, hey, JH is here. For those that don't know, JH now has his website up. So go check it out. He's got a lot of botanicals and stuff for sale there. So uh, yeah, check it out. Tech Turtle, how are those puffers? I posted them for sale yesterday. 
Um, I think there's three left. So I have 25. I only posted eight. Um, and I'll post some more in a bit. Most of them are ready to go. There's like, I don't know, four or six of them that are still pretty skinny are going to take a lot longer to fatten up. So um, I still have some work to do, but I think there's three available now and um, I'll, I'll post some more because they sold out pretty darn quick. They're selling out. So, but I have a few available and as soon as this live stream is done, then I'll, I'll post some more. And I do that, by the way, with most of my fish is um, as I get to the end of the batch, then I'll post all that's left. But I always give myself some breathing room. I never want to be that guy that you go to order a fish and then I have to call you or email you and say, oh, actually, I don't have that. How about this one? And then you feel like it's been a bait and switch. So I always keep some in reserve that way. If your shipment goes wrong, I can reship to you, first of all, which thankfully I don't have to do often. Last couple of weeks, more than any other time in my life, but it's pretty rare. Um, and also, that way I can pick the best of the group and send those out. So I don't have to uh, be, if I'm down to 10 fish and I post all 10 and you buy all 10 and a couple aren't doing well, then I might be tempted to be like, well, just to fill the order, I'll do that. I don't want to do that. So if I have 10 available, maybe I'll post eight and um, then I can give you the best of the batch. So I generally early on don't post all the fish. I just post a good section of them. And then as they start to sell down, then I'll post the, the rest. Because if a fish needs a little more time or something, then I can send the best of what I have and take more time with the other ones, if that makes sense. But the puffers are doing great. They're ready. Um, today, for the first time, they chowed down on a rapashi. So they've been, I've been putting it in occasionally just to see if I could get them to it. But, and they've kind of picked at it. But today, they like swarmed it. Just community rapashi, just the normal old rapashi. So that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, so they're doing well. Dalton Young, have you ever kept any wild bettas? Yeah, lots of them. I have a ton of fry from my... Oh, how do you say that? I've heard it before. I'm going to skip that because I'm going to say it wrong. Your API bettas? <laughs> Appy? Or is it Opie? I can't remember. Um, when they get big enough to sex, I might have to talk you into letting me send you a pair. Well, I appreciate that, Dalton. That's awesome. Um, so I've spawned lots of wild type bettas, Pugnax, uh, Rubra, uh, Chinoides, um, some others. In fact, a couple weeks ago, there was Betta Cochina, Betta Phallix, um, and a few other species that were available. Um, Imbellus, I think Smaragdina might have been on there, uh, Mahakai, and I wanted them so bad and I tried, I, I couldn't get them. They didn't come in and they were only one little blip, like for one week, boom, they were available and then they weren't anymore. So um, I'm keeping my eye out though. If, if something like that becomes available again, then I'm going to get them. In fact, Beta Embellus, Beta Mahakai and Beta Smaragdina are almost always available along with a couple other species. The problem is the that supplier that always have has them available, 
I would have to sell them for like a hundred bucks a pair because their cost is so high. So um, they're often available, but not often at a price that makes sense. But a different supplier had them for sale for a price that made sense. And I tried, but they got shorted. But um, yeah, I love wild type bettas. In fact, if you're going to breed bettas, I would suggest starting with some wild type bettas. Uh, Rubra are super easy. Chinoides are easy. Pugnax are easy. Phallics are easy. A lot easier to raise, I think, than betta splendens because they care for the young until the young are big enough to release. And by the time they release them, they're usually eating baby brine shrimp and stuff, which makes them a cinch to raise. All right. So Lolo, oh, about how much will the price be for the panda loaches? I have no idea off the top of my head. I'd have to uh, look at that. And I also don't know till they're, till they're through quarantine because if they go through smoothly, they'll be cheaper. But if something goes on and I have to spend a bunch of money on a special medicine or um, they take an extra couple weeks in quarantine, something like that, then the price will be a little higher because meds aren't cheap. <laughs> so I, I don't really, uh, I'm not really comfortable saying the price until they're through quarantine and then I can give something that's more accurate. So Kathy Phillip, Thanks for all the advice on breeding the lamp eyes. I'll add a bunch of floating plants. Yep, recently found out that lamp eyes are actually more closely related to live bearers than other killies. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, I did not know that. Cool. I guess they look a little more like live bearers than some other killies. Slippery Fish Aquatics. Hello, fish friends. It's been crazy in the Pacific Northwest. 24 inches of snow and lots of shipping delays. Yep. Hope all are doing well. Yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, <laughs> that's what I see. I've been following like Corey's videos and stuff with the snow and his store shut down, like no electricity, all that stuff. So yeah, two feet of snow. Now that's a lot. That's, that's, that's a lot of snow all at once. And it's probably really like thick, wet snow too. So breaking trees down in power lines. Candy overhauls. I had someone tell me fricadas are fragile. What is your experience? Tough as nails. I'm the only pseudomugil that I've ever had any issue with was tenilis, pseudomugil tenilis. And they were really hardy. They just didn't color up and look great. And it wasn't until later that I talked to someone who kept them and he was like, well, yeah, they want like really hard, sometimes almost brackish water and they want to be at like 85 degrees. And I was like, oh, well, that's why I, I didn't know that. Like no one there wasn't that information wasn't available at the time. This was a long time ago. But um, no, I find fricadas to be super tough. Like Gertrude, same thing. Um, Kanye, am I saying that right? Probably not. Um, really tough. Um Pseudomugils, in my experience, have been super easy fish to take care of. So, yeah, I'm not sure where that's coming from. Um, unless, I mean, just like with any other fish, if you get a batch and there's something going on, I mean, even the toughest fish will go down sometimes. But anyone else here have experience like with fricadas being fragile? Um, and if so, do you know what caused it? Curious if we can help Candy out a little more. But I've kept them in really hard water, really soft water. Um, they've been great in both, both conditions. So, 
candy for me, they've been an easy fish and I love them. They're so active and brightly. They're like a cheerful fish. <laughs> they like, like cheerleaders. They're like cheerleaders with yellow pom-poms they're waving around all the time. So <laughs> yeah, I like them a lot. 67 watching. All right, we climbed back up a little bit. Aqua Apprentice, thinking of doing just a two-stage filter for my fish room, sediment and carbon, do you think this would be best not trying to soften it? Yeah, I think that that's a good strategy. Bring it in, take out the sediment, and then run it through the carbon. That's how I originally had this set up. Eventually though, like I checked the sediment filter periodically and it was never clogged. And so I'm real lucky. My water's so darn clean. I don't use a sediment filter anymore. Now I use two carbon blocks and that way I can rotate them and be you know, double, double sure that there is no chlorine coming in. But I think for most folks, a sediment filter with a single carbon block filter is great. Um, get a good chlorine kit though, so you can, you know, test it periodically and just make sure that you change that out uh, before you have an issue. Now, a carbon block filter will take out about 20% of the chlorine, at least the carbon block filter I have. I don't know if every carbon block filter is created equal. Um, I researched mine in depth and got that, but uh, about 20, I'm sorry, takes out 80% of the chlorine, sorry. So about 20% is left. So I actually like having two carbon block filters because then 80% of the original chlorine is taken out, plus the second one takes out 80% of that 20% that was left, and it leaves me with very little chlorine, which makes me feel good. That being said, there's very little chlorine in my water anyway, so it's not that big a deal, unless you have Kubatai rasboras, the neon green rasbora, those guys are super sensitive to chlorine. Um, so I don't know, those are kind of my thoughts around it, but I think for most folks, yeah, sediment filter and a carbon block filter is fine especially if it's an auto water change system and you're only changing like 10 to 20% at a time, then if there's a little chlorine left, it's, it's probably gonna be fine. Uh, Tampa Tom, I just noticed my big blue Neo dropped her eggs finally. I need more shrimp like her. That's awesome, good deal. Got shrimplets. Um, man, I hope you get a big colony going then. That's great. And maybe she'll uh, suit up again for you in a, a week or so, and you'll get more in a month. Um, let's see here. I got a lot here, but not any for me. Um, so we've reached the bottom of the chat. We're about an hour in. So if you have a question or comment you want me to get to, now's the time to leave it. Make it at Dan's Fish. I'll see it. I'll respond. Because if we don't get some of those, then I'll shut it down. So I'm I'll start like shutting it down in a few minutes here, uh, unless someone has questions or comments that they want me to get to, in which case leave them now, because otherwise we'll start shutting it down. There's one, Bob Kaler. Will the Ikayo, so that's a species of killifish, it's an epiplates, and we're, we're I don't know if we're, we'll ever know exactly which species it is, because, um, well, we will eventually, but it's gonna take a little while. Pictures aren't doing it. So, um, Bob, we'll get to your question in a sec, but 
So we call them Epiplatis species Achaio because that's their location. So we can differentiate them that way. And I had a university reach out to me last week um, wanting some killifish so they can do some DNA research on them. And I think what I'm going to do is when I send them the fish for that, I think I'll send them some of the Epiplatis as well and say, hey, since I'm doing you a favor and sending you these fish uh, for free for research, Take a look at these epiplatis. Tell me what they are <laughs> so I can finally tell Bob and everyone else who's got them what species they are. So it's still going to be a little while. They're uh, shipping me the supplies uh, so that I can uh, send them the fish. But as soon as they do, I'll finally be able to know what we have. Anyway, will the epiplatis Akaya work out together as more than one pair? My first ever killie except one random Florida flagfish, and I really like the pair. Yeah, I've got, um, I think I got 300 of them in, Bob, when I first got them, and I put 150 in each aquarium. They're in two different 75-gallon aquariums, and they get along great. So they're, they've never been a problem for me. That being said, about half of each aquarium has a bunch of water sprite over the top. So if anyone does get picked on, they can just swim into the water sprite and get away. The only time I think you could have a problem, and I haven't seen it because I haven't kept them this way. If you have one male, you'll be fine. If you only have two males and there's not a lot of hiding places and stuff, those two males might focus on each other too much. So I would say either get one male and several females or get several males and several females. Like, I don't know, five males or more along with at least five females. And that way, no male is targeting another male all the time. So I don't know if that's the case with this fish, that two males would just target and, and just constantly spar until one got so stressed that it had issues. Um, but that it is that way for some of the killifish and lots of the live bears too. Um, like if you just had two swordtail males, that would be a problem. So that's how I would go about it without having ever really done it to be on the safe side. But yeah, I, I mean, I had 150 of them together before I ever started selling any of them and no problems whatsoever. And hopefully is the blue showing up? They get this really beautiful, like purple blue face on the males, like the bottom, like on the, the lower jaw and stuff. And then on the sides and the, the anal fin, um, it doesn't show in the pictures ever, but hopefully they're coloring up for you and everything because they're really a sight to behold once they do. Rumor and innuendo. <laughs> that reminds me of that Brian Regan comedy special. It's the epitome of hyperbole. <laughs> the epitome of hyperbole. Um, unheated five-gallon fish besides white clouds. Lots of the Danios. Um, although in a five-gallon, yeah, they're so active. Okay, so maybe go with some of the killifish. There are... A lot of the fundalist species of killifish that do well in cooler temperatures. Um, what else? The pygmy sunfish will do fine at lower temperatures. They might not fire as brightly colored because they're probably in nature. When it cools down, they, they're not necessarily in spawning mode, but they'll do fine. There's um, all kinds of little native killifish in, in the fundalist genus that would be awesome in a small tank like that. What else besides white clouds? Um, if it's room temperature, so if it doesn't get below like 68 degrees, 
then several of the wild type vetas would probably be okay. The mouth brooding kinds would probably be okay. Paradise fish would be fine. Um, in fact, paradise fish are kind of the fish that I wish. Um, if you're going to keep a fish in an unheated container, like so many do with bettas, paradise fish will do much better in that situation than bettas will. They can take pretty cold temperatures. Um, see so what else down there? There are some of the, a lot of the tetras and stuff from Argentina or Uruguay that will do fine at those temperatures. Um, I have friends that go collecting in Uruguay and they'll collect fish under ice sometimes. Uh, Gymnogeophagus and some of the uh, killifish and tetras and stuff. Some of the placostomus because it's cold there. So some of those will be fine. I mean, maybe that's enough to get you started. Yeah. Corridor is, uh, double check me on this, but I believe Corridor's Paleotis and Corridor's Aeneas uh, come from a more temperate zone than a tropical zone, and we'd be fine at kind of lower temperatures. Double check that one, though. I'd have to look. It's been a long time since I've looked into that. Um, almost anything out of China or Borneo would be fine as well. So those are some thoughts to get you started, rumor and innuendo. Cheshire Cat, what killifish on Get Gills would you recommend for a seven-gallon planted community, if any? Want killifish, but also want rasboras and quarries. Can't decide what to get. I have two nerite snails. So, yeah, seven-gallon is fine. So, let's talk about the quarries first. In a seven-gallon, I think quarries are going to be a little bit difficult because they truly are a gregarious fish. They need company. Uh, corridors want to be in groups and almost all the quarries are big enough that I think getting an adequate size group in a seven gallon is, uh, is going to prove a little bit difficult. You could maybe try some Hebrosis or Pygmaeus or some of the dwarf species. So let's say that we want quarries really bad and it's a small tank. So that, that puts us down to like the dwarf quarries, Hebrosis and things like that. So knowing that you're going to get fish that are that small, then that rules out any killifish with a big mouth. So that rules out most of the fundalopanchaks. Um, that rules out some of the aphiosimians. The last thing you want to do is have a fish try to eat a quarry, get it stuck in the jaws, and, you know, it's no good. So with that, if you're going to keep dwarf quarries in with them, and rasboras, so I, I'm picturing like a Bararis, like a small little dwarf kind of pygmy rasbor, those little guys. So knowing that, I would go with the dwarf lampi. Um, on Get Gills, the, the Flavipinus would be great. They only get about half an inch or so. They're really small dwarf fish, um, really bright, glowing blue eyes, peaceful. They're breeding for me. Easy top-dwelling fish. So those on the top would be good. They would complement the quarries that are going to be at the bottom. And if you have like Barara species, they'll be kind of mid-water. They'll be all over, but kind of mid-water-ish. So those would be great. Um, I think also that the, uh, the Congo Panchaks would be good. Or is it Poro Panchaks? Let's look. <laughs> Hang on. Um, I am blanking on the name right now for some reason, but let's take a look. So 
So these know, they get too big, they'll eat little micro stuff. These definitely know. These guys would be great. The Poropanchax luxothalmus would be fine. Uh, they don't get much over an inch and they have a really small mouth. So that would be fine. They're kind of a topish, they kind of stay close to the surface. These guys are the ones that I think are a no-brainer. The Forshixthes flavipinus, small little glowing eye, and they stay right up at the top, and they're not going to get over an inch, I don't think. So those are kind of my thoughts. Most of the others, I think you could have a problem if you had really small rasboras or if you had um, the kind of more dwarf quarries. Now, that being said, the, the Procatopus, the Aberrans, probably not going to have a problem. But I think the others that I've already mentioned are safer. So those would be my, um, my thoughts in that area. Those are the species that I think would be the safest if I'm understanding what you're trying to do correctly. 65 watching. Cool. For this little channel, that's like amazing. I mean, when we started, we had like 13. So <laughs> this is great. Cory Boy Aquatics. First of all, great to hear from you. Glad you're here. Good to see you again. At Dan's Fish, please read, my, read, please read my comment up above. Okay, let me see if I can find it, Cory Boy Aquatics. If not, I'll ask you. There it is. Just watch a video about spotted Congo puffers. Yeah, John Preston or Preston John. Uh, the guy in Arizona said he will be shipping soon. Good. He's going to use the, the cichlid shack to ship. Well, that's cool. Um, yeah, those are amazing fish. I've been following his videos too. I think they're awesome. I think it's so great that someone in the States is breeding them. So he's going to start selling. Well, I imagine he'd have to because he's raising lots of them. And there's only so many people in, where is he at? Prescott, Arizona or something like that? Or is that his name? can't remember, but there's only so many people in his area, right? That are going to want puffers. So everybody start your snail tanks now. So you have food for them because getting captive bred puffers, that's worth it. Yeah. They're going to be, what's he selling them for? 150 or so bucks, something like that. But they normally retail for 300 or more for wild stuff. So you're going to be able to get captive bred stuff at I assume he's going to keep that price about, I don't know, half of what they normally are. And the amount of work and effort it takes to raise those guys because of their tiny size and their the necessity for these micro live foods and stuff for a long period of time, that's a ton of work. So yeah, start raising your ram's horn snail colonies now. <laughs> that's good to know. That's awesome. I'm glad he's doing that. Um, let's see here. That was Corey boy. Cichlids 23. How many rummy nose tetras should I start with in a 10 gallon? I have two filters on the take, been going strong for 15 months with fish in it on and off. Lots of plants in there. Well, if there's been fish in it on recently enough that the, that it's still fully cycled and stuff, because you know, you take fish out, you stop feeding, your bacteria population is going to shrink down dramatically because there's much less ammonia being produced. Uh, and that's their food source. So if there have been fish in it and it's still fully cycled, um, 10 gallon, wait, what size was this? Hang on, 10 gallon. So it's not very big. This is a fish that likes to school. 
and and is a fast swimmer. I, I feel like I answered this last week, but um, I I think hmm, is this their forever tank? So here's what I'm going to say. First off, I would have a plan B ready because they might do well in their long term. Or you might get a couple, uh, get some little ones, and then once they grow up, realize, hey, these guys really like to swim fast. Maybe I need a bigger tank. So just in the back of your mind, I'd have a plan B ready. They are a fish that really likes to school fairly tightly for a tetra. And so I wouldn't want any less than like, say, 10 or so, because they're going to want to be in a group to feel good together, to feel comfortable. And 10 is pretty small for that kind of group. So I guess in my mind, if I had like a fully cycled 10 gallon tank that was well planted, um, I'd probably start with 10 just because I feel like any less than that isn't enough to really get them enough uh, neighbors to feel comfortable. Just knowing though that in a 10 gallon, if you notice that they're, they're not able to be happy that you have a plan B, like a 20 long or something with more back and forth swimming space. Those are my thoughts, Cichlid 23. But it's that balancing act between it's such a small tank, um, but they need to be in a, a group. And the bigger the group, the better. I mean, they would love nothing more to be in a group of, I don't know, a few hundred. I mean, in a large tank, they would love that. So just keep that in mind. They, they are a fish that really appreciates schooling. JH Aquatics, I sent you a message on Facebook earlier. Cool, I'll check it. Um, yeah, it's it's always busy. I um, for those, I'll throw this out there for folks trying to get a hold of me. Facebook's fine, but I don't check it that often. So Dan at dansfish.com, my email I check every day. So it's very rare that I won't get back to you within 24 hours via email, unless it's the weekend. Because Saturday, I'm, I'm sorry, because, well, sometimes I'm trying to do stuff with my family, but also Saturday, Sunday, and Monday are just so busy for me. Um, Sunday and Monday, I'm, I'm boxing up fish, I'm packing fish, I'm prepping fish for packaging and sending and all that. And it takes a long time uh, to do it. So, but that's cool, JH. I'll, I'll get back to you, Joseph. Bathy Phillip, if the killifish sale goes on long enough, I might have to get some Poro Panchax Luxothalmus to go with my other lamp eyes. They are a cool fish. And by the way, the, the pictures and videos aren't showing that fish in its best light, literally. The, the iridescence, the bright green, like neon glow that they get when they're in the light correctly, it just doesn't show up. So they're a much prettier fish in person than they're ever going to be in pictures or videos. Small fry aquarium fish. Hope this is okay. I have a pressing need for tadpole, tiny quarries of any kind. If a Get Gills member has any, I'm a buyer. So looking for tiny quarries for small fry aquarium fish. So if anyone has any available, uh, let's hook Craig up. All right. Hey, did I just see, oh no, I, for a sec there, I thought I saw, um, I thought I saw MKR, oh, it's Patricia Copelli. <laughs> hey, good to see you. Glad you're here. It's been a little while since I've seen you. Glad you are here. Kenny Overhauls, Dan at DanSfish.com. Yep, that's the 
that you'll get the quickest response from me there. Um, all right, we've reached the bottom of the chat again. Oh, wait, I see Marsh Aquatics tried to send something to me. It didn't highlight, but I've seen it, so I'll respond to it. Dan's fish recommendations on a smaller puffer for species-only tank, something for a 40-gallon breeder. Okay. In my mind, um, Congo puffers, Amazon puffers, or pea puffers. And what I automatically narrow it down to is uh, the Amazon puffer. The reason is, is they're very peaceful. Lights just went out, huh? Okay. Um, they're peaceful generally with each other and with other fish. I've only heard of one ever that was aggressive. Um, that happened actually fairly recently. I sent someone one a few weeks ago. Uh, this customer has like three or four others and this one Amazon puffer for some reason never settled down and doesn't play well. So she's going to have to rehome it. That's the only time I've ever heard of that happening with that species. But just be aware, every puffer has their own personality like bettas. So even a peaceful species, every now and then there might be one that, that is a little weird. But Amazon puffers are generally um, really peaceful. I like that they don't get too big. What I like about the pea puffers, Amazon puffers, and Congo puffers is you don't need brackish water. And they, um, in my experience, the Amazon puffers have been pretty darn hardy. So I think any of those three species would work. I personally would go with Amazon puffers. Pea puffers can be okay too. But I have seen them pick at each other much more than I've seen Amazon puffers. Congo puffers, I have no personal experience with. I've seen all of the uh, the guy in Arizona that's breeding them. I think his name's Preston John. I could be totally wrong. But I've seen all his stuff. They appear to be pretty peaceful and all that. But I don't have any personal experience with them. So the price point on an Amazon puffer for a freshwater puffer that is a dwarf puffer and is peaceful is is pretty good. That being said, um, if the guy in Arizona starts selling his and you can get captive bred ones without all the problems, like Amazon puffers can come in rough. They can come in skinny. They can come in with bacteria infections and parasites and all that stuff. And you take the time to clean them up and everything. But how nice would it be for a species to not have to be caught in the wild and go through all that? If there's a guy breeding them and you can get nice, healthy captive bred specimens, um, I would encourage that. So you'd have to talk to them though and find out in your application if they're, if they're perfect. So species only, I know that he keeps several uh, together. I know he keeps one male and a few females together. What I don't know is if like a big group of males and females together would be okay, things like that. So uh, I would ask him for more info before you went that route. What I do know is that he has to separate his males and females sometimes because the males do like drive the females wanting to breed. Um, so I'm not sure how prevalent that is or what sex ratios are perfect, but any of those three I would look into. Pea puffers, Amazon puffers, or Congo puffers. And my gut instinct is Amazon puffers just because the price point isn't real high. And in, except for this one instance, they've always been kind of good in a group. So, yeah. 
Um, okay, saw another one here. Oh, I missed several. I'm sorry. I don't know how that happened. Must have jumped on me. Sorry about that. A small fry aquarium fish, cool water fish, Xenotoka dodroi. Yeah, oh yeah, that's right. Many of the other live bears from Central America. Yeah, those can go well in cool water. Yep. Lumbidog, what's what's the fish snobs? What's with fish snobs? <laughs> if a fish is common, hardy, and easy to breed, it gets labeled a beginner fish. Oh, well, I love me some beginner fish. Yeah, I do too. I'm the same. I, I feel the same. It's like a, it's like the fish is punished for being a good fish, right? Or you're punished for wanting to keep a good fish, a fish that does well and is simple to keep. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I, okay, confession time. I love convict cichlids. I love them. I also love fire mouse cichlids. I think both species are beautiful. They're so hardy. They're easy to breed and all that. I really enjoy them. But I haven't kept any in a long time just because I, I can't give them away. Like I, if they breed, I'm like, great, what am I going to do with these 300 babies? No one will take them. So I feel, I feel you. And yeah, white clouds, amazing. Yeah, do your 90 white cloud. Prove them wrong. They're awesome. <laughs> so I'm with you, Jeff. I feel the same. Cheshire Cat. Yes, I was thinking pygmy quarries or something. Maybe chili rasboras. Good. Would love to have coolie loaches. Yeah, I think that would be good too. I don't know if I'd do the quarries and the loaches because um, they kind of occupy the same niche when it comes to feeding time. But I'd do one or the other. I want too many fish, not enough room in tanks. Can't decide. Thanks for answering. Well, you're welcome. And that's the conundrum we're all in all the time. No matter how many tanks you get, you're not going to have enough. It, you're going to run out of room for everything that you want to do. It's just the nature of the beast. Skipper's Aquariums. What do I feed my snails to get calcium to them plus my shrimp? I wouldn't call myself a, a major snail expert by any means. So I'm not sure if you can feed snails and then get the calcium they need or if they need it dosed in the water column. So I'm not sure which is more effective. I mean, you can always throw Tums in there or antacids, you know, things like that. And, uh, Maybe they'll graze on them. I don't know if it'll make that much difference or if the secret really is to get the carbonate hardness in the water up. So I'm not sure about that. Um, I don't really, I mean, I keep snails like ram's horns and pond snails just because I like having uh, them around to eat leftover food and to feed to puffers and loaches and stuff. But I've never been a guy that's been like, okay, I'm going to really try to keep snails and do all these different kinds and, and learn a lot about them. Yeah, so Skipper, I'm I don't know that much about that. I'm sorry. All right. Cichlids 23. If I get a 20 long, do you think I can start with maybe 15 Rominos tetras? Yeah, absolutely. And then put my guppies in there as well. About 25 guppies. I can put two fully cycled HOBs on it too, and the plants. So Cichlids 23, I think it can be done. I think it's a question of of you finding the balance of um, how many water changes, how much do you have to feed, how many plants do you have to have, how much filtration to make it all work. But in a 20 long, I know that I could keep 15 rummy nose tetras and 25 guppies without any problem. So um, whether it'll work for you or not, just 
completely depends on how you set that up and how you maintain it. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think it can be done with, without any problem. Skipper's Aquariums, what should I feed my snails and shrimp for calcium? Sorry, I already read that. Jonathan Santiago, man, I can't wait. I get paid on Friday and I'm so excited to get some fish. Well, Jonathan, we're all excited for you to get some fish too. And next week, please tell us what you got. I want to know. Tech Turtle, when is your med puffer video coming out? I started working on it yesterday. I started pulling all the footage and getting it together. Um, it'll take a few days to edit it. So I'm not going to commit to a specific day because sometimes I think something will take me five minutes and it takes me five hours. You know, I just don't know for sure, but I'm working on it actively right now. I have the footage I need and I've loaded the footage into Shotcut and I'm, I'm working on editing that together. So it won't be too long. I'm also working on that quarantine video as well that everyone wants just on how I land fish when I bring them in and um, the medicines I use, which is different from what most folks are familiar with, I think. So, so I'll put it out there just so folks see another way to do it in case they are curious about it. Well, I know they are because everyone keeps asking for it, but that's coming up too. Um, Cory Bory Aquatics, don't forget to sub to Candy Overhauls. Yes, everyone go to Candy Overhauls uh, channel if you haven't. The best channel with no content. Look at the pretty bird and uh, subscribe. Absolutely. Small fry aquarium fish. Going to hit the road. Thanks for making time for us and for this cast. You are the best in my fish world mentor. Hey, you're welcome. Glad you're here too. Thanks for all the times you help folks too in the chat. I appreciate you being around. Tech Turtle. Thanks. I'm really wanting to see that and soon is good enough. Just didn't know if it was still in the works. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Patricia, small fry, I know. Dan can verify a year ago I had 20 of those. 20, I took them down to the fish store here in Arizona. So I thought, I missed the whole, I'd have to read much more of that conversation (laughs) to be able to comment intelligently on that one comment. Um, Cheshire Cat, I love convict cichlids too. All right. My last died a couple years ago. I love Danios. They breed without any effort for me, are hardy, tolerate cold water, and are active and neat to watch. Yeah, all that all that stuff is amazing. It's just, uh, it's so common because it's amazing. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Thanks for coming by. It's been about an hour and a half, so let's shut this thing down. Appreciate you all. Anyone that super chatted, thanks so much to my amazing mods. Glad you're here. Thanks for what you do. And uh, 54 Punchy, can't wait till your work schedule allows you to rejoin us. I'm loving your stuff, though. If you guys don't know, 54 Punchy is a mod of mine. Right now, her work schedule's changed, so she can't be here for a bit. But she does these amazing live streams. Um, I love the title of her last one. It's The Dark Side of the Fish Fam. We have cookies. Um, She does these amazing long streams where she tells stories and just chats. It's very relaxed, but it's... And, and I can usually not join them because of my schedule, but I, I watch the replays while I'm working. They're, they're a ton of fun. Not for children. Um, there's very little, uh, there's no content filter. Let's put it that way. But uh, she has some amazing stories to tell. It's really cool. So check her out. Anyway, everybody, thanks again for being here. All you lurkers, I got you. And we'll talk to you later. Next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Mountain Time. I'll see you then.